podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Thanks for choosing this free Anfield Index podcast. If you'd prefer to listen to this or any of our other shows without adverts, then now's the time to check out Anfield Index Pro. With AI Pro, you can supercharge your entire listening experience. You'll not only get all of our podcasts without the ads, but you'll have them far faster with our quick publish feature available exclusively for subscribers. AI Pro also puts you in the heart of our sound studio with an option to listen to many of our shows live and interact with the podcasters in real time as the shows are recording. Upgrading couldn't be easier. AI Pro is available on all popular podcast platforms and we have our own apps for Apple and Android. Just head on over to AnfieldIndexPro.com and get started today. Hello and welcome to the Daily Red, your lunchtime catch-up on all things Liverpool FC on a Friday on which there's absolutely nothing going on. Uh, the only thing we have going on right now is journalists telling us that Liverpool need to sell players in order to buy players and a lot of misdirection and a lot of smoke and a lot of nonsense and why are we still listening to these people? They knew nothing about Zabozle, which clearly had been in the works for some time before the deal actually happened. So we might as well just wait and see. Now, there's no question we need more players and we all know we need more players and we need a defensive midfielder in as a successor to Fabinho. We need a centre-back in to play on the left side of the back three, someone that can also play left-back when we drop into a back four out of possession. We know these things. We could do with other bits and pieces as well. But for this summer, those should be the priority. Now, Carl Matchett is of the opinion that we won't sign a centre-back unless the right one becomes available. I think that would be a mistake. But, you know, that's possible. I think we need to get these things addressed this summer. Or we do risk another poor season. Like, if we go into the season short again, as we have in previous years, we do risk another bad season, and that would be three bad years out of four. And at that point, serious questions would need to be asked about Jurgen if he has three bad seasons out of four. So the best thing for Jürgen to do is to go kick down a door or two and make some demands. I believe he's done that. I believe he has made his demands. And I do believe we will sign more players. When journalists say someone needs to leave before someone else comes in, I don't really put much into that because they're not saying, like they're giving themselves an out is what they're doing. Like, they frame it as in, well, Liverpool need to sell to raise money to buy. So, like, if, I don't know, let's say Nat Phillips left and we signed Levi Colwell, they'd turn around and say, well, look, I told you, needed to sell Nat Phillips in order to get Colwell, even though Nat Phillips would bring in $7 and Levi Colwell would cost $70 and stuff like that. So... Let's just wait and see. We all know who we would like. You know, we all have our choices. Did myself a little poll on the Twitter machine yesterday uh, asking who people would prefer between either Lavia and Colwell or Chuameni and Anasio because Chuameni and Anasio are players that we've been linked with in the past. Obviously, we tried to sign Chuameni last summer. Inashio was linked this summer, Lavia and Colwell being linked this summer. 
So the question I said was completely hypothetical. Let's say Liverpool can stretch to 115 more in signings between a defensive midfielder and left side centre back. I used 115 because that would bring our total spend to 210, which is what Arsenal spent. Nobody's asking for Manchester City type spending, but I think we should expect Arsenal type spending. Would you rather sign Chuameni for 75 and Anasio for 40 or Lavia for 45 and Colwell for 70? I left out option C, which was either would be incredible, um, but the results were fairly comprehensive in favour of option A. I do think the ready-made fit of Chuameni to walk in day one as a starter was a big factor. Inashu was probably more ready to be an every-game starter than Colwell as well. But obviously, Lavia and Colwell, huge upsides, both will count as homegrown when they come of age. So there's a huge benefit to them as well. Long-term, I think Lavia has the potential to be every bit as good as Chiumeni, potentially even maybe a little bit better. And I do think Colwell has a bigger upside than Anasio. So if you're playing the longer game, Lavia and Colwell do make sense. If you're going for the instant impact and kind of next four years, you definitely go for Chiumeni and Anasio. But there's loads of options. This was just me pricking about basically and, and looking to get a bit of chat going. Um, my next question that I'm going to ask is if you had 80, 90 million to spend on a midfielder, would you rather buy Chumeni or Moises Caicedo? Now, Mike, Mike McGrath is reporting that Caicedo will cost 100 million, which is, I think, fair considering Declan Rice just went for 105 and Caicedo's three years younger and significantly better and more versatile and just has a much higher upside. But um, 100 million is still, you know, very, very steep. Uh, I don't know who I'd pick, to be quite honest, between Chiumeni and Caicedo. Anyway, what I want to do today, I was going to do Jürgen's transfers, but we all remember Jürgen's transfers. So I thought we'd go even further back in time and we'd go back to Kenny's transfers the first time he was in charge. Because obviously, this was a really special era for Liverpool. Coming off the back of... Bob Paisley and what Joe Fagan had done. Now, obviously, there was Heisel, which is one of the greatest tragedies in the history of the game. But from a Liverpool point of view on the pitch, we were still really special. So, 1985-86 season, we sign Steve McMahon from Aston Villa. We sign Mike Hooper from Wrexham. We signed John Dernan from Waterloo Dock for 600 quid. Not 600 grand, 600 quid. Uh, Phil Neal, Bob Boulder and Alan Kennedy all left the club. And obviously we had a historic season winning the double, winning the league title by two points from Everton and then compounding some, you know, Misery for the Blues by beating them 3-1 in the FA Cup final. What brought me to this was, I saw an Everton fan tweet out the other day that 
Everton not getting to play in the European Cup in 1986 is one of the great tragedies of all time. Now, in fairness, they were a very, very good team. And they may well have won the European Cup that year because Stoy Bucharest won it. And Everton were probably a better team than them. But he claimed Everton were the best team in Europe in 1986. And quite clearly, they weren't the best team on Merseyside in 1986 because, well, we were. Uh, Into 86-87 then. And uh, it's not a good year for the Reds, unfortunately. We bring in John Aldridge. We bring in Nigel Spackman. We bring in Barry Venison. We sign Alan Irvin, Alan Irvine from Falkirk and a very young Steve Staunton from Dundalk for five grand. We sell Ian Rush. Sammy Lee leaves the club. We finish second to Everton. Nine points behind the Blues. We had a ropey first half of the season, a really good spell, and then a poor finish to the season. Uh, we did beat them. Oh, we drew in the Charity Shield, to be fair. We drew in the Charity Shield. Uh, how did our results against the Ev go that year? We beat them at home 3-1 in the fourth last game of the season, and we drew with them away. Uh, in the League Cup, we got to the final and lost which uh, never ideal. Uh, in the FA Cup, I think we went out in the third round. Um, yeah, we went out in the third round. We we had we played Luton. We drew with them twice and then lost the third game. So not a good season for the Reds. But now we move into things getting a hell of a lot better. 87, 88 noted as one of the great Liverpool teams. Peter Beardsley arrives, John Burns arrives, Ray Houghton arrives, Mike Marsh gets promoted from the academy into the senior team, Paul Walsh leaves, John Wark leaves, Mark Seagraves leaves, Ken Demange leaves, John McGregor, Alan Irvine, who we bought the summer before and allowed to leave on a free Chris Pyle, they all left, and Mark Lawrenson left the club as well. Um, Yeah, this season we win the league. We finish pretty comfortably clear, nine points clear of Manchester United. The first year Ferguson really got them to challenge. We were pretty unstoppable that year. We lost only two games, once to Everton and once to Forest. Both games late March, early April. We've been unbeaten to that point. We were fairly, fairly untouchable. We were wiping the floor with teams. Like just this one run from Boxing Day on. 3-0, 4-0, 4-0, 2-0, 2-0, a 0-0 draw, a 4-1 win, a 2-0 win. All very, very comfortable. We had another run here. Uh, 2-0, 3-2, 4-1, 4-0, 4-0, 4-0. Banging in goals left, right and centre. Scored 87, the most in the division by a mile. Conceded only 24, which was the least in the division. We got to the FA Cup final. We should have won the double. We lost to Wimbledon. Obviously, John Aldridge misses the penalty. Laurie Sanchez scores the winner. And uh, we are denied what should have been 
a, a second double in three years. In the League Cup, we went out in the third round, I think it was, to Everton, losing at home to our bitter blue friends. Um, 88-89, this is maybe the worst season in club history because of what happened. We finished second in the league. It's all kind of irrelevant this season. Finished second in the league. We lose the title on goal difference with one of the last kicks of the ball. We go into the game. All we need is a draw. We're at home. Even a 1-0 defeat and we win the title. But Michael Thomas scores last minute of the game. Arsenal win 2-0. Same amount of games won, drawn and lost. Same points, same goal difference, but they scored more goals. We conceded a lot less than them. Uh, That season, obviously, we did win the FA Cup, but that was something that nobody really cared about because of what had happened in the semi-final at Hillsborough. Um, In the League Cup, we beat Walsall, knocked out Arsenal, took three games to knock Arsenal out, and then we lost to West Ham. Uh, Transfer-wise that year, Ian Rush came back to the club, David Burrows joined, Nicky Tanner joined, Barry Jones joined from Prescott Cables for 635 quid. Uh, Nigel Spackman and John Dernan left. So John Dernan, we turned from 600 quid to 260 grand in the space of a couple of years. And Craig Johnston retired at the age of 28 because of injury. Um, 89.90 is where we will stop for today because I... Just don't want to go any further, to be honest. Uh, 89-90, we bring in Glenn Hussain. We bring in Steve Harkness from Carlisle. Ronnie Rosenthal arrives on a, on a loan. John Aldridge leaves. Kevin McDonald leaves. And Jim Beglin leaves. Uh, we win the league title. We finish nine points clear of Aston Villa. Pretty good season, all told. You know, only five defeats all season. Only one defeat from December to the end of the season. Got to an FA Cup semi-final. Somehow lost to Crystal Palace 4-3. We beaten them 9-0 in the league that year. We beat them 9-0 in September. We also beat Swansea 8-0 in an FA Cup game. We drew... We played. We threw Swans in the third round of the FA Cup. We drew nil nil away, and then we beat them eight nil at home in the replay. Um, so two games that season where we scored mo- uh, eight or more. We also had a six one on the final day of the season, and we went out of the League Cup in the second or third round. I'm not sure which way it was back then, but we we beat Wigan in the two legged first round that we played, and we lost to Arsenal. Um. It's funny when you look back at this period of time. We win the double in 86. We should have won the double in 88. We should have won the double in 89. And we should have won the double in 90. Because we should have beaten Crystal Palace. 
And I'm pretty confident we would have gone on and beaten Manchester United. And if we've beaten Manchester United, Ferguson probably gets the sack. And United don't go and dominate English football for 23 years. It's it's the great sliding doors moment. Liverpool losing that semi-final to Crystal Palace. And that semi-final, so this is this is a personal story. I'm eight years of age. It's my birthday. It's my eighth birthday. And my parents had separated when I was five, six. Was I six? I might have been six. So I was with my dad that weekend. Uh, my dad lived in Dublin. And we couldn't find the game to watch anywhere. So we had to sit in his car and listen to it on the radio. And it was the most miserable time. <laughs> Absolutely miserable. Liverpool losing 4-3. Liverpool had, were so much better than Crystal Palace, it wasn't even funny. We went 1-0 up through Ian Rush. Mark Bright made it 1-0. They went 2-1 up through Gary O'Reilly. Steve McMahon made it 2-2 in the 81st minute. John Barnes scored a penalty on 83. We were delighted. We thought, that's it. We've won. We're going to the final. Brilliant. And then in the 88th minute, Andrew Gray or Andy Gray, not... Not Dandy Gray, you're thinking of a different Andy Gray. Um, he scores and off the extra time we go and Alan fucking Pardew scores the winner. Devastated. Doesn't even begin to cover it. Horrendous. It was an early kickoff as well. It was a noon kickoff. So the game was over by like quarter past two and my entire birthday was ruined at eight. This is why I'm as angry as I am. This incident ruined my birthday. Other things that have happened on my birthday, Kurt Cobain's body was discovered. I was a huge Nirvana fan. His body was discovered on my birthday. Uh, Lane Staley died on my birthday. Another band I was a huge fan of was Alice in Chains. So people wonder, because people have been, you know, ruining my birthdays for fucking years. Um, yeah, we would have beaten United. We would have beaten United in the final. It took them a replay to get past Oldham in the semi-final. And then it took a replay to beat Palace in the final. We would have beaten them. We would have won a double. Ferguson would have been sacked and the world would have been a better place. That's all I've got for today. Check out AnfieldIndex.com. We have lots of new podcasts up. There's a new Scouted. There's a new Positivity. There's another Scouted to come. And then we've got one more recorded for next week too. Uh, Article-wise, there's a piece about Kate Gordon, a piece about Gabriel Viega, a couple of pieces about Romeo Lavia, and then there's Tony Evans' latest. So, Check all of those out and I will see you all on Monday. Take care. Bye-bye. We hope you enjoyed listening to this Anfield Index show. 
please be sure to subscribe to our channel so future podcasts find their way to your device automatically. There's nothing quite like fan engagement, and we'd love to know what you think of anything discussed on this show. The best way to get in touch is over on our free Discord community, where both podcasters and listeners debate the hottest LFC topics 24-7. Sign up free now at anfieldindex.com forward slash discord. You won't regret it. You can also follow us on Twitter at Anfield Index and find us on Facebook by searching for Anfield Index. Oh, and before you go, we'd love it if you could leave us a five-star review on your favourite podcast app. It only takes a couple of seconds and it means the world to the people who create these free shows. Sports Social Podcast Network.